0: So, good morning again, everyone. Nice to be with you. Got rained out, huh? We'll have to discuss more. This morning we... uh, We'll proceed in our discussion of the Mungal of Chaitanya Charitamrita with the second verse. Hmm? It Goes like this: Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohorito Gorodai Sando Monudo. This is the second verse, and in the second of two Namaskar verses, verses in which the author Krishna Skaviraja, offers his his respect. Hmm? And this of the two, the first we discussed briefly in a very, uh, in a general sense, yesterday, of the two, this one is more specific. Hmm? And um, Kabirash Goswami uh, informs us of that. And um, what is meant by that is that in this verse of offering pranams, he identifies the deity that presides over his work. Hmm? And it is Gaur and Nitinanda together. And of the verses, all of his Mongol verses, those that he's composed himself and those that were composed by others like Rupa Goswami and Sarup Goswami, a good number of them by Surabh Goswami. One of them by Rupa Goswami. Of all of these verses, um, as I say, original and ones that he's introduced into his introduction from other composers, other acharjas. Hmm? This is the perhaps the most uh, the most poetic of the verses. Hmm? Kaviraj Goswami is quite a uh, master of, uh, of Sanskrit and. Uh, composition and, and poetry, Chetanacharitamrita is his most famous work, which is mostly in Bengali and maybe about ten percent or so in Sanskrit. When he brings in a Sanskrit verse, for example, from the Bhagavatam to support a point that he makes in 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 Bengali, hmm. his book um, being principally in Bengali is is. Um, constitutes kind of a really a taking of the the Sanskrit literature of the Goswamis that served so much to um, elevate the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the minds of the religious thinking, educated people of India at the time, because this was the religious educated language, Sanskrit. Hmm? And so uh, to take what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about uh, is about a particular understanding of Radha and Krishna Lila, arguably the very apex, the zenith of that, the center of that, the core of that, to take that as it was written by the Goswamis about in Sanskrit. You may note that the Goswamis did not endeavor much to establish, it would appear, the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by argument, by um, um, <coughs> writing and supplying supporting verses and so forth, they did it obviously to some extent, but in a minimal way. Chaitanya charitamrita is a very bold uh, uh, effort to make these points in very, very this point very clearly, very strongly. Um, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is is Krishna, but the Goswamis. Did it in another way, hmm? and it comes out in Kaviraj's book also. They, in other words, they established the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the reality of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the necessity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if you will, the theological and psychological necessity hmm? um, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, uh, that means to say, the psychology of Krishna
1: hmm?
0: that we talked a little bit about last night. That, if properly understood. His necessity, his psychological examination of himself hmm? uh, in kind of existential crisis, as I referred to it. Hmm? What is it? Uh, am I God? Hmm? Uh, am I the king of love? Looks like Radha n- understands love better than me. And then he sorted that out, of course, as we explained, and realized, well, it's something in me that makes her the way she is. So I I must be the perfect object of love. But in the midst of this kind of psychoanalysis, auto-psychoanalysis, hmm, um, <laughs> on the part of Bhagwan, Sri Krishna, the uh, nobody's talked about this except our Vrindavan Goswami's and, and then following in their week in their footsteps, Krishna's, Kavira's, Goswami, and successive Acharyas, and so forth. They're plumbing the depths of the inner psychology of Sri Krishna and finding in that a necessity for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I personally find this much more compelling evidence for the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for the identification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Krishna. Hmm? I find this much more compelling kind of evidence... Um, if you will, then the citing of various verses from different Puranas and uh, and Upanishads and uh, and other texts that seem to say maybe something something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that with the exception I would say of the famous verse of Shrimad Bhagavatam's eleventh canto, hmm, that was uh, uh, commented on uh, to uh, Uh, give support to the idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is Krishna by Jiva Goswami under the influence of Sanatana and Rupa Goswami commented on in a way that it's never been commented on before but such that if you hear that commentary you think, how could someone uh, translate it otherwise? Hmm? It does speak so directly about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu so with the exception I would say, of that verse and a couple of verses that that, that follow it hmm, that are connected with it and, the, and half a verse that precedes it in the very central text, I mean, the Bhagavatam itself, it's fairly significant. Aside from that, <laughs> as I say, the the exploration on the part of the Goswamis of the psychology of Krishna, this is very extraordinary, Is uh, makes for very compelling evidence for the necessity of a solution to the, the psychological issue and crisis that Krishna finds himself in. And so we have to look for a solution and that will obviously be another Leela, hmm? an encore Leela, if you will, to to Krishna Leela. Hmm? And it can't be the Leela of another avatar, it has to be a Leela of Krishna. And so, as I say, the necessity of it arises... And um, this I find uh, very compelling and very um, deeply insightful and something that stands uh, uh, um, as very compelling evidence as to the, 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 the measure of the devotion of our Gaudiya Acharya's, founding Acharya's, Rup, Sanatana, Jiva, Goswami, and so forth, their devotion to Krishna, to Radha and Krishna. Hmm? What they draw out from that devotion, the insights that constitute the whole of Chaitanya-lila, this is extraordinary. It comes out of, through their writing, this this kind of penetration hmm? into uh, the, the, the loving absorption in the object of their love, Radha and Krishna, and the understanding of it. Hmm? Very, very um, extraordinary theological um, cont- contribution. Hmm? So, uh, Kaviraj Goswami has taken their lead and, and they, the Goswamis, well, kind of, what I'm saying to you is indirectly, without, they're trying to establish a sampradaya, a lineage, and to just go and say, well, this fellow from Bengal is uh, is Krishna. Hmm? And his buddy here is 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 Balaram, um, <laughs> who will listen to that necessarily. Hmm? So uh, that uh, got uh, this, this, had Goswami had a little something behind him already hmm? in the, all the works of the Goswamis hmm? to to draw from, and then come out in Bengali and make the case, so to speak, very directly. As he does, um, as we'll hear, as we as we go on, he does it in his Mangal Charan. Um, but uh, um, the Goswamis did it in a. You, you kind of probably used to use an analogy. It must be some kind of Bengali analogy. But anyway, uh, he 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 would say in like a plow or in like a needle, and out like a plow. It's kind of odd, but if you think of it, if you go in like a needle, it's a very small hole that you will make. But if you pull it out as if there was a plow inside there, hmm? <laughs> it would make a very big hole coming out. So kind of the Goswamis kind of went in like a needle to establish their divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They really did it by, by way of speaking about the divinity of Radha Krishna in a way that hasn't been spoken about and emphasized before and zeroed in on the, the climax, if you will, in, of the uh, of Rasa Lila, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is born, so to speak. Hmm? The genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they in like a needle without directly underscoring the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Many of their books, pranams to Chaitanya, hmm? to Bhagawan Chaitanya, something like this, a few words. Hmm? Um, nothing like what Krishnadas has done, which constitutes coming out like a plow, so to speak and uh, not only in the way in which he so overtly makes the arguments that he makes hmm? Um, but also uh, by way of putting in the Bengali language hmm? in the common back in the common vernacular if you will um, uh, or, or one of the more spoken common dialects of the subcontinent of Of India, Hmm? so a very uh, extraordinary uh, uh, author he is, composer he is, writer he is. He's known, as I'm saying, primarily for his work in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the Sadubhash of uh, form of Bengali, which has. If he Briga was telling me that he was in, when he was in Bengal, some time ago, that that he would be doing readings or maybe it was back in, in, in Finland with a, with a Bengali friend or his colleague or something like that, and learning Bengali himself, that when he presented the Sadhubash of Chaitanya Chajamrita, the, the, they couldn't make any sense of it practically. So it's like old English or something like that, I guess you could say, thou, this, thine, and so forth. I don't know if I could understand it either. And a, a good percentage of it is kind of a Sanskritized, I guess you would say, um, Bengali, but it was common at the time, I guess. Um, um, and so he put it in the common language and, and made a very strong case for the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this is the book that he's most famous for, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, people have argued in, in today in academics, and I think well, that uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is kind of a, a literary form in which the orthodoxy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism was a... uh, through which the orthodox position of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, its theology and philosophy, was established, Hmm? Um, bringing in different elements of the time. Many people were worshipping Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Um, many learned people, many poets and uh, um, artists, writers and so forth among the principal associates of Mahaprabhu, I think I counted once something like 50, some of them were poets um, like like Ramananda Rai and so forth, uh, um, uh, had written books of their own or uh, um, they were members of the, you know, uh, liberal thinking art artists and <laughs> writers and, uh, and, and so forth. <clears throat> um, so... Of course, many common people were brought into by the extended grace of the Prabhu, but there were many, many learned people, Kavi Karnapur, I mean, very learned, thoughtful uh, persons, and many books about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from many different angles. So you can imagine he he really created a, a, a commotion at the time in Bengal, and that rippled throughout India, throughout the south, as we hear from Chaitanya Charitamrita, and over to the Vrindavan side through Benares and so forth, um, a powerful uh, influence in his in his time, hmm. and so many people had different ideas of who he was, what he was about, and Chaitanya Charitamrita incorporates what constitute orthodox ideas about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? of which there are a number, and, and excludes certain ones that were out and about at the time that are considered heterodox, or not orthodox ideas about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, anyway, this is the work that he's famous for, but I, I'm making this point only to say that there are other works that he wrote, and um, my mind is going to the Guvindali Lamrita, which we cited this morning, and now... Our reading, um, wherein the eightfold a daily eternal leelas of Krishna are described poetically, but all in written, the whole book's written in Sanskrit um, uh, poetry. It's a, a very scholarly work, hmm? to say the least. So he was a Kavi, Kaviraj. Hmm? Uh, he has been by the Vaishnav's given the title Krishnas Kabiraj, the King of Poets, um, for his work and this is his main work. And within the context of his and his auspicious invocation of the Chaitanya Charitamrita that we're discussing, the verse that we come upon today, the second of his two Namaskar verses that identify the deity presiding over the book, Gore and Nityananda. this verse is the most poetic of his verses. Hmm? He uses elements of the natural world hmm? and putting them together in a way that would be supernatural if they occurred. The, the rising of the sun and the rising of the moon. Um, if we're able in our busy uh, days to catch the rising of the Sun or if we're up in time or the rising of the moon in the late afternoon or evenings as it, as it rises um, these are powerful um, experiences hmm? um, in, uh, in in the in, 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 in nature the, the movements of nature that they can they can in themselves individually the rising of the Sun the rising of the moon they can create an, an epiphany They can create a moment hmm, within within a a human being, or for pause, and um, a sense of wonder hmm, at just the vastness uh, of of the the natural world. The vastness of it, its beauty, its its symmetry. I mean, the rising of the sun is is such a significant. Event we we don't even think about it it's that this is the problem with the modern industrial society the pace at which we move to accomplish the same tasks <laughs> that people moved at a slower rate in previous times and maybe paid more attention to to the to the moment than we're able to now and arguably in doing so drew more meaning and value from it and therefore had an idea and a an outlook, a worldview that that it, that included the spirit, the self, consciousness, the soul hm a life beyond the senses beyond the limits of the mind, which is just like not popular today hmm? in intellectual circles it's just not a popular <laughs> idea hmm? and uh and and in those circles of course we were moving very quickly hmm? through the help of cell phones and you know, modern technology computers and so forth and tweeters and whatever. Uh, uh, what is that thing called? Tweeting? What is it called? Tweeting. Texting? No. Um, Tweeting? Twitter? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Twittering. <laughs> and so forth. I mean, you know, it's rather interesting. <laughs> um, reporting, self-reporting to the, your audience about your every breath. Uh <laughs> I don't know how much it really constitutes paying attention to your to your to your breathing, and uh, and all of that uh, involves, and the fact that you know you'll run out of breaths at some point. Um, so it, it, I think it it, it tends to hmm, move us at a pace that's much faster, but does not result in accomplishing that much more in terms of the vital necessities of life: to have shelter, hmm, to have um, comradeship, hmm? Uh, partnership, affection, uh, to have uh, a good meal. In fact, we we get a bad meal at such a pace, moving quickly, and then the food has to be cooked very quickly, (laughs) and so on and so forth. So, uh, of course, these are arguments as to the value of modernization and and industrialization and and so on, um, which, of course may be replied to, with regard to the food argument, well, you know, how could we ever feed this many people? Hmm. By other means, then the question kind of come. well, do we need that many people? (laughs) Does everybody need to have that many people? (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, uh, there... uh, uh, We move at a fast pace, and sometimes, at least we can say, I believe, with some conviction and in a compelling way, at the cost of observing some of the wonders of nature that can create within us a, 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 kind of an epiphany and a moment of awe and regard, hmm? um, the, the modern movement of, of uh, that constitutes an attempt to conquer nature, harness her, use her for our human uh, purposes, and... and 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 so forth does not create that same kind of fascination and awe necessarily. It can in some areas, I suppose, as we examine nature and its vastness and so forth. But the simple rising of the sun or the moon, hmm, these are examples of very powerful events in nature that if we were to contemplate them daily, to observe them and so forth, they can uh, um, put us in in a space that Um, is more, from the Vedanta perspective, more real. A space where we don't see ourselves as the center. Hmm? Hmm? Um, Where we see the smallness of ourselves, the dependent nature of ourselves and so forth. So Kabirash has invoked these two metaphors: the rising of the sun and the rising of the moon, natural occurrences that happen every day, hmm? that we probably miss just about every day, and uh, and that's a, that's a that's a shame, that's a pity, I believe. Hmm? Um, they have, as I say, some inherent power in them. This is what the Gita speaks about in the tenth chapter when Arjuna says, tell me the ways in which I can understand you in relation to the, to the world of perception, the objective world. Hmm? And uh, all these powerful vibhuti manifestations of nature are, are mentioned, the, the immovable Himalayas, you know, the, the bodies of water, I am the ocean, and so forth. Um, this is another example of what I'm talking about. That chapter is meant to help us contemplate powerful moments in and manifestations of nature that can, just for a moment, shift our perspective. Hmm? I'm not the center. I'm small. I'm a dependent entity. And almost the tendency to, to fold one's hands or to or to raise one's hands like this and In a sense of dependence and acknowledging uh, our necessity and uh, and a a gratitude, a thankfulness, and so forth. Hmm? This is hardly the sum and substance of of, uh, transcendental experience, but many people, even in the non theistic, uh, of a non theistic persuasion, hmm? Um, they have said, Oh, I've had those moments of. You know that people experience in meditation when I went to the beach or when I went up on the mountain, such and such, and 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 so forth. They 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 think that this is the sum and substance of what a transcendental meditative type of consciousness shifting um, uh, experience is. It's it's not. Obviously, the the zenith of that. It's just a very very small um, uh, beginning. But it would be it it, it it would be good if if the world was conducted itself in such a way as to take advantage of such moments because I think they they do help us to address the reality of our smallness, our dependence, hmm? um, and the fact that we're not the center and so forth. So these two, he has invoked natural uh, occurrences. Hmm? occurrences of the natural world that don't naturally occur together. Hmm? So he's put the sun and the moon rising together. Hmm? And he's compared this to the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu at the same time. So taking two natural elements that are profound in and of themselves, putting them together in a way that they don't appear naturally in the world, to speak to us about a supernatural occurrence. Hmm? And uh, so very poetically. hmm? In poetry, as I often say, we can do things that we can't do with some other languages. We can make the world bigger than it is. We can extend it. Hmm? Um, The moon can have wings and and fly across the sky. Hmm? The sun can be a chariot, Hmm? as it's described in the the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Also riding across the sky and so forth. These are not less accurate ways of talking about the natural world. They're ways that the sadhus have employed um, to talk about the natural world that include within them hmm, the kind of supernatural origins of the natural world. Speaking about the natural world in such a way that it will promote a a sense of the supernatural, a sense of the more hmm, to life than what meets the eye and the mind that we are constituted of. hmm? So, arguably, it's a more accurate way of speaking about the world. hmm? And the other attempt to accurately, mathematically, so to speak, define and explain um, and... uh, and even control the world from the Bhagavatam's perspective is, well, in a word, maya, Hmm? illusion. Hmm? Maya means to measure also. Hmm? So uh, the idea that to measure is an illusion, we put the two together, it's illusory to think. It's an illusion to think that you can measure it all out. And with the, the fist if you will, uh, of your intellect, you can capture the whole um, whole, whole, world, understand it, control it. Hmm? The Bhagavatam just says in a word, it's just not possible. I think that's a very concise and accurate explanation of the, na- of the natural world hmm? in a word. Hmm? And so not that we shouldn't measure to some extent, and for 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 a pragmatic, for a, pragmatic, um, from a for pragmatic practical purposes, we have to measure some part of the world as which we can, and then we can work with nature in such a way as to provide certain things for ourselves practically to live in the world. Hmm? But these aren't ways of answering the big questions. Hmm? These are ways of answering the how questions. Mm-hmm. How to? They're all in relation to the body and the mind, and in their the necessities that arise from them, and so forth. Hmm. Um, so, so Goswami puts the, anyway, these these together. In a, in, a, in, a, in it's impossible that the, for the sun and the moon to rise at the same time. Hmm. We will think, for good reason. Hmm? And he, he says, "Well, it, it, try to imagine if they did. Hmm? Try to imagine if the sun and the moon at the same time came up. Would they would make the headlines? Would any other story be worth listening to? Would any other? Would there be anything else on the net, internet, any other news story if the sun and the moon rose at the same time? In other words, the whole of." It <laughs> Uh, the world would be would be taken by such a miraculous type of occurrence and so he wants to say this is from his perspective hmm, the Gaudi perspective how significant is the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu at the same time in the world hmm?" so as much as we have faith in Raj Goswami and his predecessors and those who have followed him and so forth we should try to get a feel for what he's trying to say here. What, how much that means to him. Hmm? And he feels that means to the world. What kind of contribution they uh, they um, offer these two. Not just one, but two. And at the same time coming. Hmm? And he identifies them in his commentary in his own verse with Krishna and Balram. So Krishna and Balram coming again, hmm? and together in the world in an extraordinary uh, with an extraordinary mission in mind. hmm? This, of course, brings to mind the whole idea of the avatar and uh, and how it's problematic in the modern world. hmm? The idea that God intervenes in the world, appears at different times, is problematic enough. from the reasoning of modern times and so forth. Hmm? Uh, Derived from experience and observation and so forth. Um, Modern people haven't seen God appear in the world. What to speak of appearing like a boar and lifting the world up with his nose. Hmm? (laughs) And other such avatars. Hmm? Uh, What's that all about? (laughs) Uh, So, these are kind of things that, that from an Adibotic perspective, as I was speaking about the other day, we have to we have to think about hmm, what the Bhagavatam is is, is, is saying. Hmm? Um, uh, wh- 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 how does that work with modern observation and the way other people think and, and that thinking based on ob- observation of the world and how it works and, and, and doing the math, so to speak. Hmm? Just the very idea that God. Hmm? intervenes in the world somehow, and it has a causal influence. What, to speak of God, the self, consciousness, has an influence on the world, something called consciousness, which we can't get a grip on, which we can't measure, which we think, or some people think, must not really be very significant. Hmm? It must be just something that just kind of... Let's not talk about it. Or if we have to talk about it, we have to try to reduce it to something... Something like a brain hmm? that oh, I feel comfortable now. It's, it's, I can get my hand on a brain. I can look at it. I can examine it. I can dissect it. I can. Hmm? So uh, this is the, the effort in the, much in, 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 the, in the scientific and philosophical community today, uh, and 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 to, and from our perspective, to see consciousness as being ontologically different from matter. It's a dualistic perspective. I mean, we're non-dualists, but uh, we're non-dualists in another sense. We're non-dualists in the sense that we don't think the dualities that arise from the mind of hot and cold, good and bad, are are real or substantial or constitute an accurate reading of the nature of being. Hmm? We're non-dualists in that sense. We're non-dualists in another sense, um, that, and I think we spoke about it a little bit yesterday, that that, that there's only God, hmm? and that includes his shaktis. Hmm? Um, sarvam kolovidam brahma, the Upanishad said, everything is Brahman. Pujapat Chidarsha Maharaj made a comment, because this is a, this is a famous comment, uh, of, uh, aphorism cited by the Advaitins, everything is Brahman. So Siddhartha suggests everything is Brahman. There are many things and they're all Brahman. <laughs> so that means he meant they have, Brahman has many shaktis. God, Brahman meaning God, has many shaktis.
1: Hmm?
0: Hmm. And they're all co-eternal and, and, and beginningless like him. I was mentioning the other day from the the, the argument of concern is always there um, and our um Tamal Chandra has this concern to to an acute uh, degree, unfortunately. It's one of the reasons he's not here, and we we lament that and hope that he will return to our fold for future um, discussions. But the problem of evil in the world and God's role in that hmm, bears heavily on on him. And although I've given various explanations... Fact is that no explanation will satisfy everybody, and some, all explanations might not satisfy some people. Um, we have ours. I never voiced this particular one to him, but uh, I'll voice it to you. And that is that the the argument: Why did God make a world hmm, where there's suffering? Our answer is: God didn't make anything. So that may not satisfy everybody, but that's our teaching. God didn't make anything. Hmm? The Maya Shakti already exists. The Jiva Shakti exists. Hmm? Srupshakti Shakti exists. God exists. What is the nature of God is not to be determined on how he made things, hmm? but how he deals with things that already are. Hmm? So with the world, the natural world, which is the combination of the Jiva Shakti and the Maya Shakti, how does he relate to it? That determines his nature. Is he good or bad? Not how he made it. Hmm? He has nothing. He. Why God is the way he is? I mean, there's no answer to that. Why there is God? I mean, there there are some questions that there's no answer to. We just, just say there is, and so we deal with it. Or we say there 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 is consciousness. There is matter. Hmm? And the combination between the two seems to seems to be problematic. Hmm? Hmm? There's a perception, a conscious perception, experience of suffering in relation to matter. That's observable. Hmm? The subjective experience of suffering in relation to matter, that's going on. Hmm? And we say there's no reason to believe that it began at any time or that that it necessarily will end at any time. Hmm? And so... God didn't make it, but God deals with it. Hmm? So, what God is like is determined by how he deals with, this, with, this, with the situation. So with regard to the natural world, hmm? you have two shaktis of his own, maya shakti and the jiva shakti, tattasta shakti. So how does he deal with them? Well, he has to deal with the maya shakti in a particular way because the jiva shakti interacts with the maya shakti and and with an exploiting tendency, it it, it manipulates and, uh, well, interacts with the Maya Shakti. Hmm? And so, in order to be fair <laughs> to the Maya Shakti, Bhagwan is just. And so, whatever reaction might come, if you poke the world and there, some reaction comes... You, uh, He lets it happen. Hmm? He's fair. We call that karma. Hmm? So we interact with the Maya Shakti. The Maya Shakti has a response. Hmm? And he says, Fair enough. I defer to the Maya Shakti. I'm just. Hmm? So he's just, but with regard to ourself also, he is merciful just and merciful. How is he merciful to the jivas? Hmm? That he is partial to his devotees. There's no beginning. Who's the first devotee? There's <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> he's merciful. Uh, he's, 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 he's partial to his devotees because he's loving. That's hmm? natural. Hmm? That's charming. That's considered to be his most endearing quality. Hmm? That he responds affectionately to love. How could it be otherwise? And if it was, how could he be all attractive? So, no, he is like that. And so he he defers to his devotees and bhakti is in their hands, which means he is in their hands because I said the other day wherever he goes, wherever bhakti goes, he has to go. He has no choice in the matter. So his devotees are distributing bhakti. That's another current in the world. Independent of Maya Shakti, because diving prakriti māsrita, they are moving under a different energy. The devotees, they are moving under His Swarup Shakti, hmm? and and distributing bhakti, hmm? and so and they are His Kripa Shakti, those devotees, the manifestation of His mercy. Hmm? So this current, so He's also in relation to the Shakti, He shows mercy. Hmm? He's just, he defers to the maya shakti. He can't just say, well, why can't he just collapse the maya shakti, get rid of her, stop, give her nothing to do, and liberate everybody? Well, that that won't be fair to the maya shakti. (laughs) This is one of the shaktis. So, he's fair. And the jivas are interacting in a certain way. It's not his fault he didn't create them. Hmm? Of course, the one becomes many, but there's no beginning to the one becoming many. Mm? So the many always exists. The one becoming many is just a kind of an instance of linear time within cyclical time. Mm? A beginning within a beginningless reality. Mm? So, he shows mercy to his devotees. He makes, uh, to to, 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 to Jivas, Mm? through his devotees. He's merciful and he's just. He's both at the same time. Mm? And in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda he's extremely merciful. Hmm?
1: Hmm?
0: And the measure of his benediction has something to do with that. Hmm? And the extent of it, the measure of it and the extent of it, the measure how high it goes, what a gracious gift it is, and to whom and how far and wide it goes, to anyone and everyone. There appearing in the world, like the sun and the moon, lighting up the world, hmm, so to speak, with the opportunity for bhakti in a very extraordinary um, type of bhakti. If they're properly understood. We can understand their appearance constitutes a very extraordinary dispensation. Hmm? Now, they are appearing in the world and these are avatars that, well, you have to take a little seriously. Hmm? Even from an empiric perspective, point of view from a present day adi-bautic point of view people may not take seriously the idea the idea of even consciousness has an influence in the world hmm? in the scientific community but that is not hardly a scientific fact hmm? there is no scientific fact that to support that hmm? There's evidence that could be interpreted in that way or evidence that could be interpreted to the contrary, that consciousness is non-material and has a causal influence in the world. It's not such a far-fetched thing. Gravity has an influence in the world, and we can't measure it. You can't measure gravity itself. You can see that something does something. We call it gravity, and we measure that. Hmm? I've said before that when Newton began, discovered, if you will, gravity, his contemporaries thought, oh, this guy's going back into the occult. We were just going away from that. Hmm? We were going away from the cult and the idea of mystical powers and energies and so forth and and all the paganism and stuff like that. Hmm? We were bringing in a scientific method for understanding how things work. And now he's talking about something, he's talking about motion that doesn't require contact. And we know that motion requires contact. First contact, then there's motion. Hmm? Now we're talking about some force out there that causes motion without contact. Larger bodies of mass attract smaller bodies of mass, something like that. Hmm? And there's something called oh, gravity doing that. Just give it a name. <laughs> Somehow it's happening. Hmm? This has just been kind of. But but his argument was good, and so eventually it just kind of got subsumed in, in, inside of science. And okay, it's there. We we'll just go on from here. Just like chemical evolution hmm? It was thought widely some years back that 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 chemical evolution, in other words, the, the way the, 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 how it is exactly that chemicals turn into biology, chemistry turns into biology. You're just about to discover that. It's now kind of like been kind of like brushed under the rug in the sense that we're just about to discover how chemicals turn into life, how chemistry turns into biology. It's not. It's not on the list there of things that are just about to happen. It's, it's not. Uh, not 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 talked about. Mm-hmm. And we, and we go on, and so so anyway, uh, it's, it certainly hasn't been demonstrated, and it won't be that consciousness is um, material. <clears throat> that, that that as I said before, that an experiential reality arises out of a non-experiential reality. We know that no experience comes out of well, no experience. <laughs> Matter has no experience, we say. Hmm. Somebody people say, well, it does. It's called consciousness. But anyway, that hasn't been demonstrated. So, my point is that uh, we, the Vedantists, hmm, and for good reason, accept that consciousness is supernatural. Hmm? And so we see a place for supernatural intervention in the world, a big place, exactly how it works and so forth, and, and nobody can explain it. Hmm? But the fact that it, that that uh, but but it does <laughs> is our perspective, and we offer a method for realizing experiencing that hmm? um, as well. But from there, then this, this is the beginning of the supernatural. Then there's the then there's consciousness. Now, is there a source to consciousness? What we call God. Of course, we say yes. So, and sometimes God comes in the world and as a boar, as a half-man, half-lion. as a, These are hard things to put together in the modern world. Hmm? And we'll talk about that, uh, hopefully, as we go on in the Mongol Charn and keep from here here and there speaking about it a little bit from what I call an adibotic um, perspective that enables us to take modern current thinking of other people and so forth into consideration and cause us to kind of look at the bottom line of the teaching, hmm? what is the philosophical premise and uh, that the, the ideas and ways of talking about that arise.
1: Hmm?
0: The ways of talking, that there can be divine and dimension and how that ways of talking about that may, be, may arise and be poetically written about and so forth, which doesn't mean that they're not, those ways are not experienceable. I would consider the leela of Krishna to be the imagination of God. Hmm? as what he imagines, of course, is more real than the so-called real and objective world. So, um, uh, But my point here, just in bringing this up briefly, is that in Gaur and Nityananda, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, we have a manifestation of divinity in the, in the world. It's only a few hundred years back that many, many thoughtful people of the time wrote about and extensively hmm? and excuse me more more people more witnesses more literary people educated people thoughtful people in the times than for example in we we have in relation to the western uh form of revelation hmm? And the witnesses to the Jesus reappearing after being dead, and these kind of things that are that are brought up, and uh, some letters written about him that constitute the Bible, and 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 so forth. So this should be brought to light in the world. Who is What It's very significant. Krishna just wants to say it's like the sun and the moon coming at the same time. Take take note of it. It's a very extraordinary theological event, and and and, and they themselves. Hmm? speak about Krishna. We cannot dem- talk about avatars of Krishna, we cannot demonstrate from a his, his, historical point of view that Krishna ever walked the earth. Hmm? Not to the satisfaction of historians today. What hmm? um, to speak of so many avatars and so on and so forth. Hmm? But, th- therefore, the importance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Because, Chaitanya Mahabhava was preoccupied with Krishna, with Radha, with Sringa, Damana, and, and so forth. This is very central to his ecstatic um, reality hmm? that he is a, a form of divinity in the world. By any uh, uh, definition of divinity, I think you would have to reach that conclusion. Hmm? There are examples of persons... Across the cultural divide and religious divide, who have also, uh, in Christianity, for example, acknowledged um, the extraordinary divinity in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I mean, it is very extraordinary. I say sometimes that the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the ecstasy that he, the ecstasy meaning, ecstasy meaning experience beyond the senses and the mind. He had experience that caused him to go beyond the mind and senses, and this is what's being documented there. Hmm? And there's no religious figure in the history of the world that is is more um, an embodiment of ecstasy than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and the ecstasy is being drawn from his meditation on Krishna. So you say, well, we can't even, you know, demonstrate that he's real. He was a real physical. Person, but he is having a very—he's having a very real effect.
1: Hmm,
0: on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, a very real, a very extraordinary effect. Some people who said he was an epileptic, but as I said, as I've said, that's not a contagious disease, <laughs> and we are all affected by it. Hmm? And if we associate with those who are more affected, then we'll become more uh, affected ourselves by this. Uh, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is about. So, it, I mean, it's really worth e- 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 examining. We're not shying away. We're not hiding anything. If you want to say, well, you know, there was a problem long ago and the earth was thrown into the Plutonic regions. God came as a boar and picked it up with his nose. And then you might want to not talk about that too much in too much detail to some people uh, but about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you can, and Kaviraj Goswami in his in great invites argument, hmm? which the Bhagavatam itself does. Hmm? And in that same spirit, he but bring your argument, please bring them. He makes a strong argument in the next Mongol verse that Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. We'll get to that. But in the context of doing that, as I say, he invites argument, come examine. And we are 500 years later. And I feel very confident to say, come examine what we're actually saying. Don't listen to Hari Krishnas, but what we're actually saying—that hmm? was a joke. Um, <laughs> what we actually mean, what, what, what this is, of Vaishnava is really about hmm? philosophically, theologically. We have something that that that, that, that can uh, contend. I want to say with modern thought and and and. Uh, has a, a dignified place there, hmm? um, and and this is what Kaviraj Krishnadas wants to say by by the use of, uh, employing his metaphor. He's saying, "Gaur and Nityananda, these this is a manifestation of the godhead of the supernatural in the world." I use a natural phenomenon hmm, that's very profound. Two of them, I put them together in an unnatural way. Poetically, to try to emphasize to you the significance of their advent, and this, as I say, is the advent of a divinity that is empirically verifiable. At least he walked the earth. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who actually walked the earth in Bengal 500 years ago. Hmm. Now you may think, or some may think, but what they did has been exaggerated, and you know, and so forth. No, look, come and examine and see. Let's talk about it. Hmm? Hmm. what they say, what they're about. hmm? Is it reasonable, what what many reasonable people have written about them? And and yes, they have used some poetic license to write about them, but they feel that poetry is the best language to try to speak about something that is is, is the more hmm? that lies beyond the limits of the mind. And the senses that we too, the good news is, are constituted of. That's happy news. Hmm? Hmm? And the suffering of our interaction with the world that arises from attachment to the to the the sense objects that causes us to think that that natural world is the real world. This is the whole problem. This is very. um, There's a very powerful objective argument one can make for this, especially when there are examples of happy people on the other side. I mean, really happy people like hmm, some of those Dwadasa Gopals for example, that are described in Chaitanya Charva. It's not only the extraordinary activities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nithinanda Prabhu, but some of their associates. Hmm? Slapping the tiger like like he was a, a, a kitten that what was his name? Um, maybe Sundar Gopal and uh, the activities of Miniketan Ram Ramdas and so forth. I mean, there are many descriptions of many associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These are happy people in the kirtans. Hmm? You know, we we're there. I said, come close, close, come. Okay. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare
1: Krishna. Is it
0: okay? Hare Krishna. Is anybody watching? Krishna, Krishna, don't think too much about that. <laughs> Come close, sing, be happy. This is sadhana bhakti. But in bhava bhakti, in sadhana bhakti we are imitating the bhava bhaktis. Bhakti coming on the senses, hmm? coming on our mind, and we're making a, okay, think about it, and we'll do it, do a step. But in bhava bhakti, hmm? the movements, the aralana anubhav; they're coming from emotion. The emotive component of bhakti is fully um, manifest in the heart of the jiva. Hmm. This is bhakti proper. Sadhana bhakti, the goal of his bhava bhakti. And we find this kind of bhava bhakti and prema bhakti in Mahaprabhu's associates. The description of Sarabhama. Sarabhama is a good example. Sarabhama standing on the roof. Hmm. I've cited this in my Shikshastakam commentary. Of uh, of, of the of the temple, you could see at a distance that here come 200 plus associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from Bengal. Hmm? And they're coming for the exclusive purpose, not even of seeing Jagannath. Every pilgrim from every um, uh, sect and every persuasion that the king was familiar with coming to Jagannath Puri from all over India, Buddhists coming and Ramanujas coming, and Madhvas and the Shankars coming, and so forth, from all different schools of religious persuasion, all coming to see Jagannath. And all these 200-plus people are coming, and they're not coming to see Jagannath. <laughs> and the king, is thinking, this, the king is thinking, this is extraordinary. Sarabhama's going, yep, <laughs> yeah. It's, and Sarabhama was a huge thinking person of his time. He's just—he's—he's he's known to be the the, the most the the, the most uh, famous logician in um, in Indian history. Hmm? Even discussed in our time, he and his student, uh, um, what was his student's name, um, Ragunath, Ragunath hmm? Uh These were very logical, sober, mathematical people, hmm? and and and. Sarvabhauma, you know how he was taken over by the ecstasy of Mahaprabhu. That's a f- powerful story in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's a powerful conversion of a of a, a very non-emotional, objective person. Of course, he was a Vedantist, but uh, but but from from a Vedantist and kind of a dry type of um, Vedantist, he became an ecstatic. Devotee, standing on the roof with the king and, and, the, and the brother-in-law of Sarvabhoma, Gopinath, is there and the king is asking, Who's that? And who's that? And and who's that one? Hmm? It's like they're there with binoculars or something looking. Who's that one? And, and Gopinath, who's more familiar with these associates, having left Bengal at a later date than Sarvabhomas, and that one is a Dwaitacharya. He's one of their leaders.
1: Hmm? Hmm?
0: And... That one is. Shivananda went and this one is this one, and, and 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 they're they're again they're not coming to see Jagannath. The king is like astounded by this. They're coming to see a twenty-four-year-old boy, hmm? now named Sri Krishna Chaitanya, hmm? who Sarvabhoma knew the the what the the, the 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 father and grandfather of, hmm? and. Uh, and now the whole, the, the whole of Bengal and all these important people are coming to see this boy. Hmm? And, they're, and how are they coming? They're coming like this, with hands and above, and, and they're dancing. They danced from Bengal to Jagannath Puri. <laughs> That's a 10-hour, 12-hour, 10-hour tra- train ride. Hmm? They danced all the way here, it would appear. They're here, they're fresh, They've just made a long journey. Hmm? Hmm? And he, he asked, What kind of worship is this? What are they about? Hmm? Sarvabhoma made a statement Chaitanya Shrishti. Hmm? 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 Um, Namsankirtan. It is the it is the, Shristi, the creation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is called Namsankirtan. Narottam sang about it in this way Gulokar Premodhan. Harinam Sankirtan. The very wealth of Goloka, its bhava,
1: hmm?
0: its love, coming to the world in the form of Sankirtan. Hmm? And Chaitanideva is the bearer of that. Gaur under, hmm? hmm? Happy people they were. Happy people. Hmm? Why are we suffering? You would ask me, you tell me, why suffer when this opportunity is also available in the world, when this measure of grace and mercy is also available in the world? Why wonder how God can be you know, just hmm? when he's so merciful to have made such a thing available and to you? Hmm? And if you allow it to come on to your senses, which you will come even if you don't allow, hmm? such is the nature of the compassion of the devotees, spreading bhakti. Unknowingly, as we were explaining the other last night, coming hmm, into, into our lives and so forth. Hmm? Happy, happy life. Hmm? Uh, if we study these people, and this is important to us Rup, Guna, Podhikar, Leela. We want to know Bhagwan. Take from His name, hmm? chanting the name, we will become acquainted with the rupa, the form. We will see the deity, and we will see with a, with another eye, hmm? with a devotional eye, hmm? Hmm? and we'll we experience in, in, in the context of chanting the name the qualities. And before we can really enter into the leela, the parikar mean the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the associates of Krishna. We develop love for them, affinity for them. What when we say Mukunda, hmm, hmm, Premanidhi, hmm, Mahashay? Hmm. You, you, you should just think. I just say these names hmm, of Mahaprabhu's associates, just sing these names. Hmm. So it'll be so in, endearing to Mahaprabhu. Hmm. He has such love for them. How to say their names? Premanidhi, mm. Mukunda mm. Narahari. Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: you should have confidence like this. Mm. Oh Mahaprabhu will be so pleased. Mm. And what they are about is so to, be, to become acquainted with, to have affection for, mm. these parikar. This is you ha- this will come before Lila Seva. Mm. Before you can enter into Lila Seva. Mm. Without acquaintance, we, we, these are all. This is what making up the spiritual world. Their love for for Krishna, their love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the love for Krishna and Krishna. These these two components, hmm? Hmm? so affinity for all these associates that, that the, the, the devotees are making books about. the Associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? We should be we should try to be acquainted with them, and then, and then when their name comes in the song. She'd have real confidence. Just, oh, I would just sing a name. Hmm? What, that will, what prospect that would be for me. me? What kind of person I'm talking about? Hmm? Hmm. These are the, the, the revealers, the, the, the surup Shakti of Bhagawan, taking an extraordinary shape. Love has a shape, has a form. Hmm? Brahm has a shape. It must have a shape. Hmm? It must take shape, it must show itself.
1: Hmm?
0: These, these, all these associates these are the shapes hmm? and Mahaburu in their hand hmm? in their hand as Krishna is in the hand of the, of the Brajabhasis hmm? and among some of the associates you see in their hands because only they can give him what he wants only they can 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 guide him in such a way that he can taste the brain of Radha hmm? Hmm. so this is I heritage, all these kinds of people, such a happy idea. Hmm? And in the, in the form of Goa or Nityananda, if we bring all reason to bear on their appearance in the world, their philosophy, their theology, what they were about, and so on and so forth, this then, in a very thoughtful way, can bring credibility to ideas that otherwise you might have trouble selling to people. Hmm? 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 many ideas uh, we're just talking about the avatar idea there are other ones too <laughs> hmm? yeah. it, it, and, and what we can demonstrate by our such a focus and bringing our intellect to bear on the significance of the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance what he's actually teaching hmm? the implications of that the ramifications of that and so forth hmm? is that here is a powerful entry point into the subjective world, the real world. Hmm? Hmm. And what it's what it's all about. Hmm? A powerful this is in the objective world, an, a, a a portal has come. Hmm? A portal. Hmm? Through the advent of Gornitinanda, which is like the sun and the moon coming at the same time. Take notice, here's like a you know, the the, the Bengal triangle, you know, the Bermuda Triangle enter there and you never come out again Hmm. and it's okay. Hmm. (laughs) You entered into the subject and you are of that world. Hmm? There you can thrive and the extent to which you can thrive is all bringing, uh, uh, coming out in the appearance of Gaurantinanda. So, (laughs) sababotar sajiromani kebalananda kanda I was in Central America recently because we have Bar Ashram there in Madhavan and some devotees um, from a little tiny little Iskon temple invited me to speak. So I spoke, among other things, about Prabhupada's travels through Central America. Hmm. Maybe Mexico, Panama, and a couple of places. Venezuela, which is the tip of, of South America. And then he came to Miami and Atlanta and everywhere he went Gornitai Didi, Gornitai Didi, Gornitai Didi. And these were in countries he had never gone before, and there were hundreds of people worshipping Gornitai. By the time he got, and he came to Atlanta, there were Gornitai Didi and or, excuse me, uh, Miami, and then North Atlanta. And when he came to Atlanta, many devotees converged there, hmm? and he was so emotional, so emotional, uh, as to the the, the, the the measure of the merciful dispensation of Gornitai, hmm? that... Um, There were many, many devotees converged there. And I was fortunate to have have a number of conversations with Prabhupada uh, on on those several days. And every evening he was lecturing. And uncharacteristically, he was lecturing in the evening from Chaitanya Charitamrita. And uncharacteristically, for Prabhupada, at this time in his manifest lila, after the class, he would ask, are there any questions? Hmm? And he probably got tired of asking are there any questions in the beginning because the questions he got were like you know he wished he didn't ask or something like that so so uh, by the time I had joined the mission he would say thank you very much and you know he wouldn't ask for questions so it was peculiar hmm, that he was uh, he asked and there any questions it means he wanted to go on he didn't want to stop hmm? and there was you know there he was sitting on his as Asana and, sorry, that was the Gornitai deity central on the altar and so many devotees and he had just come, like I say, from foreign countries even that he didn't even speak the language in and Gornitai had gone there ahead of him. Hmm? And there were devotees waiting for him there. Hmm? And so one one night on the seat he said, Do you know the song of Lochan Das Thakur? We're looking like, who's Lochan Das Thakur? <laughs> <laughs> Practically... What is bigger? What is this song? Hmm? And so then Prabhupada began began to to sing it. Hmm? Paramakarna Pachundijanna Nitai Gaurachandra Sabavatara Sarashiromani Kebala Anandakanda. Then he would add his own refrain. Abutara, Abutari, Abutara, Abutari, Kebala, Anandakanda. And it's this one-two beat. Huh? How do you call that? Two-time, is it? Dota. Dota? Do, 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 Which we were more familiar with. So so nobody knew how to play the merdanga. <laughs> So uh, he was trying. and So, so then also uncharacteristically proper give me the Murdanga. We were just like, wow, he's just really taken by this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> it's very, it was very compelling. So he, then he began to play. Hmm. My God, the Tamal Krishnamaraja was sitting next to me said, that drum playing is like, that must be what like the gopi's foot dancing is like when it touches the ground in the Rasalila. Listen to that. We're trying to listen, and Prabhupada's singing, "Kevala nanda Paramakarna paramakarana paundvijana." Hmm? These two, hmm? paundvijana, paundvijana. These two persons, they're paramakarana, extremely m- merciful. Paramakarana paundvijana. Who are they? Nitya Gau Chandra. Sababutar hmm? sarshiromani. They are the the crown jewel of uh, essence of all avatars. And what is their path? Is it karmakanda? Is it jnana kanda? No. Kevala ananda kanda. Hmm? It's kevala. Only ananda kanda. Hmm? Only the path. Of, it's not the karmakanda. kanda. It's not the jnana kanda. Hmm? You need, what does want to say? Bhakti kanda. But ananda kanda. Hmm? Where Ananda is taken to its fullest measure, Ladini, and hmm? the ecstasy of, of of Radha for Krishna, this is their path. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu directly giving it; Nitananda Prabhu giving support, and hmm? bringing support and creating further support for that hmm? through his disp- dispensation. Hmm? Kivala Ananda Kanda Abutarra Abutarri. Hmm? They are Abhuta- they are the avatari coming as avatars hmm? hmm? that song it was in Atlanta temple that song then Prabhupada used to sing you know Jai before every class so they replaced it then they sing they, they sing that every day I hope they still do that that's a very nice uh, way of remembering that extraordinary event how an instance in which we observe how much... Prabhupada was feeling the merciful nature and the measure of, it, of the divine dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. He was feeling what Krishna is expressing in this verse. Shri Krishna Gorodai Pushpabanto Chitro Samdo So, we haven't gone through it, what the words mean. Hmm? I've just given a basic um, outline of the the, 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 of the of the feeling of Krishna Das Kaviraj that I can surmise, gather, was is behind the the pen. But we've spoken for some time. What is it now? Time? Five to twelve. So I think we should stop and in this evening we, we'll, we'll continue if with your permission and enthusiasm and we'll go through the words in 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 the, in the verse. See is poetry... And see how his poetry is not at the expense of profundity or um, uh, meaning and value and uh, in, in purpose. It's not fanciful. It's it's uh, it's a it's a very ornamented, decorated way of speaking about some very um, uh, extraordinary truths. She jai. Gaud Premanande. Yeah. You... Any question? Yes. Uh,
2: the question is about the analogy of sun and moon, uh, because we see that sun and moon uh, have different qualities. Like for example, sun is very strong, but the moon is more beautiful and pleasant. So, can we make other analogy to understand who is who?
0: Yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. Oh, okay. when, we, when we go through the words, oh, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, Push <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we can. Basically, I mean, you have to. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the main light, and the reflected light is okay. nittenam the chand. Hmm? But we'll go into that. Okay, try to. So,
2: so I have a question about Maya Shakti.
0: Okay, also. the dark side. Yeah, dark side because from the light from to the shadows. You said that
2: that um, God not created any Shakti like Maya Shakti, but uh, they exist along with Him. True, But this is very difficult to understand because (laughs) we hear from the Shastra that he personally, he is not interested in her. And therefore she is dealing mainly with his other Shakti, Jiva Shakti, and maybe mm, he is dealing with her as Lord Shiva, but not Personally, as a Bhagavan, and even in, in this vision of Vyasa, she's standing behind of him, ashamed. So this is difficult to understand why she like, she exists.
0: Well, we can't. He, he, he not
2: he, he not is interested in her. Uh huh. Yeah. He not need her. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> well, you have to understand that that that. That Maya Shakti is one of the Shaktis of Bhagwan. That Maya Shakti exists, there's really no question of whether she exists, she does. Why she exists, we say, well, like I said, that, that um, you, you can say, you know, if there's light, there will be shadow, so um, something like that. But, um, but besides that, you have to understand there's a, there's a, there's a categorical difference between the Swarup Shakti that the consorts of Krishna, who he directly consorts with are uh, manifestations of, and the Maya Shakti. So Krishna is fully consciousness. Maya Shakti, on the other hand, is, the representation of the Maya Shakti is is matter, inert, unconscious. So how much of a relationship can you have hmm, with a conscious being, with inert? So We are trying to have a relationship with Maya Shakti in the form of matter, and we're finding it problematic. Hmm? So the way we're going, because she's different, the relationship has to be different also. There has to be some relationship, so there is a relationship between Maya Shakti and and Bhagwan. Hmm? Just like we say, the Shaktis, there's Svarupa Shakti, Tatasta Shakti, Maya Shakti. These Shaktis are one and different from Krishna. But the Maya Shakti is more different than one. The srupa Shakti is more one than different, and we're kind of in between. <laughs> um, we're kind of more one too, but but we're a little different than than the, than the srupa Shakti at the same time. So Maya Shakti is is more different, and and so the relationship has to be different. The relationship with Sita on the part of Ram or Lakshmi on the part of Narayan or Radha and Gopis on the part of Krishna hmm, is what it is because of their nature. You can't expect him to have the same relationship with Maya Shakti when she's of a different uh, constitution, a different makeup. Hmm? And so, poetically, she's described like that, standing at a distance. Um, but But he is... Mm-hmm he does have a meaningful relationship with her nonetheless. It's not the same because she's different um, in constitution. Hmm? So you have to relate to things in terms of what they are. You can't expect everything to relate to everything the same. We don't ex- relate to dogs in the same way that we do to humans um, for good reasons. So there's good reasons why Bhagwan doesn't relate with the Maya Shakti in the same way he does with his Sarup Shakti. Hmm? But he does relate with her, and appropriately so, by deferring to her hmm, in relation to the um, reaction that, so to speak, she feels warranted hmm, in giving out for the ways in which the jiva shakti um, abuse her, (laughs) so to speak. Hmm? And he says, yeah, you're right, they're abusive. I'm with you on that, honey. Hmm? We're together. (laughs) We're together on that. Hmm? but he's not married to her. That's 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 true. And there's no parakya with the Mahaya Shakti either. But for good reason. So she's of a different nature. Mm. But precisely according to her nature, he has an appropriate and thereby meaningful relationship. What else? Krishangi? Well, good I was thinking about how you were
2: talking about how we need to speak about Mahaprabhu in, in a way that modern people can relate to. Uh, and also how uh, Krishnamurtas Karanthus Swami was sort of inviting arguments with his texts. And I have found myself that it's often easier to use terminology like saying that Mahaprabhu was a saint instead of saying that he is God himself. Because if, maybe it's my own cowardice that sort of... Mm-hmm. Makes me avoid taking the argument of stating that he is God, but where do you feel that the, we can sort of draw the line in trying to talk about these things in a modern way, but at the same time not sort of questioning the divinity of Mahaprabhu?
0: Yeah, I think that um, that God is maybe not the most popular word. Hmm. Um, because it brings up so many connotations in the modern mind of religious dogma and baggage, and religious people fighting with one another, and superstition, and and so many things. And, and you know we're really not religious in a sense that we're told in the very in the Gita that you know you have to give up religion to understand what Krishna is about and be spiritual. So from from Dharma orientation to a spiritual, experiential orientation. sarva dharmam pritta Braja Krishna says, to understand me you have to give up religion. So that will be popular to say that. Our spiritual path is is about giving up religion. <laughs> but the word is god That I think that you can maybe, you know, use the word like we are consciousness and we... Will be um, our our life as a units of consciousness will be uh, fulfilled by uniting with our source, our consciousness source. Hmm? Um, that's a good word, hmm? source. Um, uh, with regard to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and referring to him as a as a saint, I mean that's okay. He is a saint he's a he's god pretending to be a saint <laughs> and he pretends pretty good so <laughs> he plays pretty good <laughs> so he's pretty much absorbed in in the role so i think that that's not necessarily even theologically um, wrong hmm? it's an it's an aspect of himself that uh, it uh, krishna as, as a devotee so the very embodiment of devotion hmm? but obviously the very word devotion or the word love implies the necessity of another in order for it to be fully played out. Hmm? So when we speak of a of a personification of, of devotion, of, of divine love and so forth, rather than saying God, hmm, a manifestation of divine love um, that may be an easier sell, if you will, um, to people. But... Again, as I say, it implies a that the love is expressed in relation to something, someone. So there is another that's implied in that, and so you can say Chaitanya Mahapu, in a sense, um, personifies the fullest measure of 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 divine love, you know, for um, our wise love. For our consciousness source, something like that, <laughs> that would be you know would, you wouldn't be uh, saying anything other than what we teach. You're uh, now you know, to say that, and it's to say that there's there, that there's um, you know a, 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 a manifestation of divinity in in the world. Hmm? Um, if somebody says, "Well, what's the source?" I said, well, okay, there you have an opening to, to, to talk about that." Hmm? It's what's the need so much to talk about God? That that's not very our main subject anyway. Hmm? Our main subject is not God. Our main subject is love of God. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodies love of God,
1: hmm?
0: and the more you could talk about love of God, then people will like, will love divine love. Hmm? People will like that idea. We say love is supreme. Hmm? I mean Krishna in the Gita, when we get in the middle chapters of the Gita, Krishna starts to speak about himself. I am this, I am that, and so forth. And some I found some people found that a little off putting. They like the first six chapters which is talking about us. What is the soul? But when start, God starts talking about what is he, then they like I don't know about that. I like the part where they talked about me. <laughs> And I'm consciousness and all these things. I like that. But now this guy's, you know. So I explained actually, he's only talking about himself because he has to talk about himself hmm? if he's going to talk about bhakti, which is really what he's talking about. It's not, this middle chapters are not about him, they're about bhakti. And if you talk about bhakti, well, then you have to have the object that bhakti is reposed in. So he has to talk about himself. <laughs> But he's really talking about bhakti. Hmm? That's what the middle chapters are about, about love of God, about divine love. That's the subject. Just as a side, you know, byproduct, hmm? well, he has to talk about himself because he's the object of love. But hmm? So this is the, 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 the... God's a secondary issue for us. Hmm? Very much so in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, personifies that uh, theological Reality, so, so we would be the religion that you know gives God a second fiddle. You know, uh, he's not the main main player here. Um, so it's easy to talk about divine love and bhakti. Perhaps And people will find that more attractive. I would recommend that, and to talk about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the personification of that, and so forth. And if someone wants to talk further about well, who their love is reposed in, and what's the nature of the source, and so forth, then you have, a, as I say, a good opening for that. Does that help? Same from, from the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam only talking about Bhagavan, because you've got to talk about the object of love if you're going to talk about love. The subject is love of God. In Vishnu Purana, the subject's not love of God, it's God. Padma hmm? Purana, the subject's not love of God, it's 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 God. And then so we we'll talk a little bit about love of God too. But the Bhagavatam it's reversed. Hmm? Subject is love of God, so you've got to talk about God. This is very unique in the religious, uh, theological, spiritual, uh, contemporary um, marketplace. But we have to our our, our input. Hmm. There's God, but he's not that important. Hmm. Love of God. Of course, God is in love of God. Is the point. What else? Yes. Yes, throw it out. But
2: does it mean that in the spiritual world there's no
0: religion? There's no religion in the spiritual world. Religion is a cage. That's what it is. Religion is a cage. The moral codes that religion is constituted of is a cage for wild animals. Hmm? (laughs) That's what it is. If you take a wild animal... You want to domesticate it? You put it in a cage. That's the first thing you do. You put it in a cage. Hmm? And then you go, no, no. Ah. <laughs> now you can eat. Okay. That's what religion is. Hmm? <laughs> the moral law. This is not the essence of, re- of, 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 of religion, hmm? of, of spiritual life, hmm? spiritual pursuit. This is only the cage, the beginning. Now you get trained, in the cage, then we can open the door. You could come out on the cage on a leash. You could come out on a leash, something like that. Hmm? But <laughs> in, in 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 Krishna Lila and Lila Seva and so forth, then uh, there's no no such cage, no such leash. Hmm? No, but there is a there is at the same time a a semblance of that, a shadow of that. So there's a a religious and moral structure to the lila because the the, the lila has to have a shape. Hmm? So it has a shape. Hmm? Um, A shape of, uh, well, uh, social and religious norms. Hmm? So the Varnashram, for example... In Christian lila they're doing the Varnashram. But it's just a, a facsimile of it. Hmm? They're not doing Varnashram at all. It's a way of saying, inside of bhakti, inside of rag bhakti hmm, is vaidi-bhakti, also is Varnashram, also is mukti. Hmm? All these things are there. If you think anything is valuable in any of these other things, in Mukti, you think there's something valuable? You think there's something valuable in... in well, let's start with Varnasham. In Varnasham, you think there's something valuable? Then if you think there's something valuable in, in Moksha? Hmm, okay. You think there's something valuable in, in Vaidhi Bhakti? All those things are in Bhakti and more. You cannot find more liberated people, more free people, than you can find in, 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 in Vrindavan. You cannot find better practicers of Varnashram, better Vaidhi Bhaktas. Nanda Maharaj is an excellent Vaidhi Bhakta. And they were, he has a Shalaguram Narasimha in his house. They're worshipping every day very nicely. In order to get Krishna as their son, they offered they did a year-long a year Nanda and Yashoda, a year-long vrat, vow, involving fasting and controlling their senses in the worship of Narayana. This is Vaidhi Bhakti. They did that to get Krishna as their son. You understand? Of course, the problem with the Vaidhi Bhakti is that when, it's like our problem, as I said before, when Nanda Maharaj is offering the Arctic to the Shalagram, his mind is somewhere else. Hmm? That is with Krishna. <laughs> where is my Krishna? What does he I Get this So i got to do this. Where where is he going? Something like that. So, those things are there. The whole ritualistic life of Archon is all in the Leela. The chanting of Hare Krishna is all in the Leela. That's why you look at the, 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 the translations and the commentaries on the Hare Krishna mantra of our Acharyas. You have difficulty making sense out of them, some of them. <laughs> they uh, they're all uh it's like it's like how it's packed into the Leela, how it manifests in the Leela. Hmm? Arctic is going on there. Hmm? All the sixty four items of worship. Uh, Jiva Goswami given a nice explanation of Govardhan hm? And how all the elements in in, in Govardhan Hill represent the different items of worship and they're being offered and so the whole thing is going on there. But it's it, it's it's invisible in a sense, or or it's it's overridden by the nature of the, of the uh, leela, fueled as it is, moving by bhava. So the whole thing is. Bu- That's why we cannot just take from the leela some in oh, the leela. Uh, the uh, uh, this goes on in terms of our nashram. So we just take that, incorporate it here, and think now we've just. We've got the Krishna-lila here. <laughs> no, you need the bhava. Hmm? If everybody has bhava, then whatever. Women can stand in the back or whatever. There won't be a problem. <laughs> but if they, can't, if they have to stand in the back, we can't even hear the kirtan. How are they going to get any bhava? Hmm? Just to give you an example, there might be some rules, how women and men conduct themselves in the varnashram, And it might play itself out in the lila, but we can't just take those rules here and put them here without any bhava. And if those rules get in the way of the men or the women getting Baba, then get rid of them. That's hmm? what Baba showing. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? Hmm. He says something more. Say something more. This Varnashram That is a cage only. Hmm? A cage. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Anyway, we, we need this cage to become spiritual. No, you need bhakti to become spiritual. You need bhakti. That's what you need. You see, it's a mistake to think that if I don't do Varnashram, hmm, the religious life, what will become of me? Hmm? That's a mistake. That's to think that bhakti, something lacking in bhakti and is required from the karma marg. That means our bhakti is covered by karma. Hmm? Now, when we say you should only do bhakti, you have to look then, what does it mean to do bhakti? Bhakti has its own rules. We don't need the rules of the Varnashram. We have our own rules. Hmm? So you followed all the rules of bhakti. You follow the sadhana bhakti that's given by Rupa Goswami, for example. Hmm? You accept what's... This is our our morality is this. I accept what's favorable for bhakti. I reject what's not favorable for bhakti. Hmm? What kind of person you will be then? Obviously, you'll be a religious person and much, much more. Hmm? But you don't have to te- be acquainted with all such details of Barnashram and, and 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 things that are meant to make you religious and thoughtful and have gratitude and this is what it's meant meant to bring about. Hmm? And have some faith in shastra and so bhakti implies very deep faith in shrad- in, in in shastra. Deep faith, hmm? as we were speaking the other day. So you apply yourself. If you studied all the, all the, kind of the, the structure of bhakti, hmm? then you, you do all those things. You, you, you. People think, oh, what an ideal person. Hmm? I mean, you won't you just okay. You will exclude all the things unfavorable for bhakti. That's pretty simple. Then, you know. And you're not going to smoke and drink, and you don't have to do varnashram to stop smoking and drink. It's already included in, in in bhakti. You understand? We don't need a separate path. Hmm? Bhakti is complete in itself. Hmm? It makes you su- re- super religious. Hmm? The religious, 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 uh, the ideals of the religious life are are realized in that, incorporated with it, even with even in, in sadhana bhakti. Hmm? Moksha's incorporated it into bhakti. Hmm? That's the idea. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, say one. Uh, okay. What is it? Hmm? Okay.
1: when I'm reading uh, the stories about Prophet Maharaj, I have all the time swine dilemma because he is an example of a devotee who, is, uh, who has no enemies and no friends so um, one thought uh, comes to my mind if,
2: uh, if, if he could experience uh, the real happiness because uh, the loving exchanging between devotees gives
1: uh, you know, the happiness
0: He would have friends then. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when it says that Prahlad has no friends and enemies, it means that he is not um, biased. And that means that he is not a compromised person, uh, materially speaking. It's in relation to the material world. And when the idea of friends and enemies presented there in that in the stories of Prahlad, in the lessons of Prahlad, are about material friends and enemies. How we make enemies materially and we make friends with it. We like one, we don't like another, and we live in the world of our mind. Hmm? I like this, I don't like that. I love my son, but I don't love his son. Hmm? Because it's my son. Hmm? This is all material. So there's no real friendship in this. Hmm? Like there is in Bhakti, Right? Hmm? it's uh, only a semblance of, of friendship so the idea that in spiritual life we should come to the point of being um, impartial hmm? if I have if, I, if I'm partial and from a material perspective and some people like me then I'll I'll do what they want and, and it might be unfair and so forth so What's being talked about about Prahlad is that he's above that. He's above that. He, he's, he's like a, a perfect politician who's not bought and paid for by any corporation. He had no friend or enemy. He's just representing God. But in the context of Bhakti, of course, Prahlad loves Nishringa.
1: hmm?
0: And he loves other devotees. So when they're speaking about Prahlad not having friends and enemies, it's not speaking about that he has no devotee friends. Hmm? He doesn't love devotees. No, he does. That's another thing altogether. Does that help? Okay. Prahlad Maharaj ki jai. Kod premanandi. Adiru.